What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about the new details coming out about the CBA update that could be coming in 2024 as the NBA and the Players Association are working out that deal, how these things could affect the Chicago Bulls, and another update about Lonzo Ball that isn't promising. We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because it's really what we've been expecting, what we've been hearing. Lonzo Ball, apparently the Bulls do not know when he's going to be able to resume basketball. That came from Casey Johnson yesterday, and basically what it said in that is that there are days where he's good, there's days where he's bad, and so... In that healing process, they really don't know how to gauge it. And so what I'm saying with this and where I sit on this right now is that I don't think I'm going to be really covering anything else with Lonzo Ball, his injury, the updates until we get something firm about a return date. Like I I just at this point, the up and down, the hey, we we get one one uh, report that. Hey, it may look promising. He may be able to start by the by the start of the season. And the following one after that is, oh, the Bulls don't know when he like at the end of the day. No one really knows what's going on with Lonzo Ball and in where he is in that healing process and what that means for his potential return to the Chicago Bulls. As we've talked about here, if you've been watching this channel or listening to the podcast version regularly, the Bulls ha- have built in provisions for that. So they have a plan going place in case Lonzo Ball is not ready to go by the start of the season. And we all know you want to see Lonzo Ball ready to go by the playoffs and fully healthy by playoff time. And that's what we really want to see from Lonzo. Does this team have enough to stay afloat until then? Absolutely. Right. That's the question. Like, is it going to be the same as with Lonzo? No, like nobody replicates and duplicates exactly what Lonzo Ball gives the Chicago Bulls when fully healthy that we haven't seen on this roster. Now, who's going to start? Of course, that it's been a lot of discourse amongst Bulls fans or if it's going to be Io Caruso, Goran Dragic, all this. At the end of the day, all those questions are going to be answering themselves very shortly as training camp opens. Media day is like at the end of this week. Training camp opens next week. Preseason is uh, is is the, shortly thereafter that our first preseason game on October fourth. We're gonna have our answers to that very soon, and so there's not really ton of a point in speculating on it right now. Let's just wait and see. We're gonna get our answers fairly shortly on exactly how the Bulls plan on managing uh, that point guard position while Lonzo Ball is out, and that's all you could really hope for. Other than that, we'll see. We'll see. But let's go ahead and move into what we're mainly talking about today. So a lot of details from the new CBA have leaked and come out. And there are a couple of interesting things on this, specifically how it could affect the Chicago Bulls and where they are. The first thing we're going to talk about is that one of the things that are expected to happen with the new CBA is that it's going to allow high school players to go go back to entering the draft. So no more of this. They have to do uh, at least one season in college or be 19 um, before they can enter the draft. They're going back to allowing 18-year-olds in the draft. So what that could mean, this could happen as early as the 2024 NBA drafts, not this draft coming up, but the next draft after that which kind of coincides, well, it doesn't, well, it works well for the Chicago Bulls. It doesn't kind of coincide. It does coincide when the Bulls have their next first round pick. And while, yes, we do expect the Bulls to be playoff teams and to be contending, and hopefully they don't have a high lottery pick or anything like that. But the reason why that that is important is because that's going to be basically a double draft year. When you look at it, you're going to have the players who had to go do one year in college or one year overseas or one year in the G League, that that, that you're going to have that part of the draft class. And then you're going to have the, the newly entering high school players coming into that draft if it happens as early as 2024. Now, the Bulls don't have their own first-round pick in 2025, but we do have our own first-round picks starting in 2026 going onward. All of our 
first round pick allocations that we've sent out are over with by 2026. So with that being said, and with the way that the Bulls luck has gone, it wouldn't be surprised if it is the 2020 draft where it ends up high school players can come back because that's just the way things go sometimes. But if it does happen as early as the 2024 draft, even though the Bulls are projected to have a lower pick, you may see, hey, well, the Bulls didn't use that pick to, to, to make another deal, or they may very well hold on to that because that is going to be a double draft year. You're going to have a lot of quality talent in that year's draft and a lot of potential. It's going to go back to potential, and that's one of the, the biggest things that have been said with this, right? You have a lot of, you know, cases where it did work out for players. You know, the extra that extra year, them going to college, trying to work it out, it worked out for them. You have some players that it didn't work out for that if they would have came out of high school, they would have been much higher up in the pick. You can think about a, a player like Kofi Coburn, for example, who I've talked about very heavily on this channel doing the draft. If he was able to come out right after high school, probably even with the limitations of like how the NBA is moving away from certain type of centers, he probably still would have been a lottery pick and he went undrafted. So things like that are going are going to be said. And now that we have a front office in place that at least we think and hope that they're doing their, their due diligence and they are going to continue to draft very well, that 2024 draft for the Chicago Bulls could be huge for them. If you're looking at that as being a double draft. Now, again, that's all projected saying that that's as early as it could happen. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's the, the draft that it will go into effect on. But that is an interesting thing that the that the NBA is doing is going back to that. There's been a lot of like colleges who are college coaches who also spoke spoke out against the one and done rule. Like there, I get it. And I understood what the what the NBA was trying to do by changing that age limit. Um, but at the end of this point, if a player is going to play, if a team is going to draft a player, if they're willing to draft a player out of high school and with their scouting team, they feel confident in it. Hey, let it happen, especially as you see in more players now, they're going overseas, they're going to the G League Ignite, they're, they're, they're foregoing college. And so at that point in time, if you're doing all that, you might as well allow them to come into the league, make some money and go ahead and, and start developing that NBA talent at the NBA level if they do have it. So shout out to the uh, Players Association and in the NBA for, for realizing, taking a look at those things and changing it. This has been in effect since 2005 is when it, it, the age limit got moved to 19. So this has been um, over what, 17 years at this point that this has been going on. So now we get to see that change and move back and we'll see what that ends up doing for the Bulls and other teams in the long run. Now, this next one up that could very well affect the Bulls heavily is a more punitive luxury tax. Now, there's been some push. There's been tons of pushback from the Players Association on hard capping because that would drastically affect the contracts people give, the amount of jobs that are in the NBA, things like that. But it does seem that they are. Um, they are looking in, in the NBA and the owners are seeking a more punitive luxury tax system. Now, this benefits teams in a couple of different ways. Teams that don't pay the luxury tax, they, they actually do a revenue split, I believe, on that money that the luxury tax money. So it allows for more revenue splitting opportunities. But how does this affect the teams that build, right? The teams that are willing to pay the luxury tax. While it's more punitive, when you have owners like the Golden State Warriors owner um, and, and other ones that are going to pay the tax, if it means that they're going to have a winning team regardless, does it create more of a discrepancy for the teams, for, for smaller market teams, for teams that aren't just willing to pay the tax, things like that? And so you may see teams get even avoid that luxury tax even more. Now, some could say that the Chicago Bulls have already, with their ownership, built that in because they avoid the luxury tax already. We have only paid the luxury tax once in the luxury tax era. So we know that we have a have an ownership group that does try to avoid paying that luxury tax. So how, how much does this change for them? I don't know. At, with it's it's really a two for thing, right? It's because the teams that the salary cap is going to keep increasing regardless, right? So that salary cap is going to keep increasing for teams that 
aren't small market teams, the teams that have money, teams that are willing to spend, they're just not willing. And keep in mind, there's also a gap between hitting the luxury tax and going over the cap. So you can still go over the cap without hitting the luxury tax. And that's what a lot of teams do. So that's why there's no hard cap in that. And in that situation, as the salary cap keeps increasing, it's still going to allow teams to have more space and more opportunities to sign players and do other things, use exceptions. Don't be surprised if another exception is created amongst this as well to avoid that if they do go more towards a, a more punitive luxury tax. But, you know, for the for the for the people who think that, like, you can only compete if you pay the luxury tax, you're going to see that change drastically if you get a more punitive luxury tax for teams, because teams are, for the most part, part going to avoid that if they can. And we'll see how that develops. Now, I'm not going to say that. You know, every team is going to be now the Chicago Bulls where there's just drastically trying to improve it. Are they, I mean, trying to avoid the luxury tax. But with that being said, like, don't don't be surprised if you kind of see more parity, but in the, in the lower ranks. But you may see the teams that are great, right? The teams that are willing to pay that luxury tax, because if, if they have a winning team to keep that team together, it may it may create more gaps from the, the top tier teams to that mid those mid tier teams that that compete, but maybe not get over the hump. It's it's a. It's a lot of different ways that this could go. We would have to see exactly what the punitive damages are for a team that is repeat offenders with the luxury tax. But with that being said, like and it does open the door to seeing how the how teams are going to get creative. Like we don't have the capability with creative finance like in the NFL and the NBA. The NBA is very well regulated on what offers you can give players. What are the minimums? What are the percentages of increases you give over the contract? Even what can you work in as a um as a signing bonus? Things like that. So the NBA is already way more restrictive than like the NFL when it comes to that. So if you're not introducing a straight up hard cap, but making the luxury tax even more punitive than what it already is, it's going to be interesting to see how that changes the dynamic of the NBA with parity or with not with parity. So it's 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 something that, you know, it, I can't wait to read the CBA when the new CBA is is put in place. I just can't wait to see that and break that down and take a look at what that means for team salary cap projections for those that are already under the tax. So you may see if this is coming down, you may see moves from more teams where we, at times we see a lot of money spent at times that we're questioning like, damn, that guy that got that deal. You may see the teams start maneuvering and preparing themselves for a more punitive luxury tax by cutting some salaries in some ways. So we'll see what happens. That is just going to be a completely interesting thing to see. Now, let's move into the last topic for today. And this one I put at the bottom because it may most people may not be interested in this. But the NBA Players Association is seeking a, a mechanism um, for for equity for players in the NBA. So basically helping take care of players after they're done playing when they retire. That is a major goal uh, for the NBA. And so, I mean, for the uh, NBA Players Association. And, you know, it's something that you see that conversation happen more and more when you see like former players like not. I don't want to say destitute. I don't, some are right. You see that rarely like with like, like a Delonte West or whatever. Um, is that his, is that the right last name? Anyway, uh, but uh, you start seeing things like that. So, you know, taking care of players better. And another thing that you're seeing happen in this new CBA, at least be talked about, is them taking mental health more seriously, meaning that if it's a mental health thing that keeps the player out, that that's actually going to be listed in the injury report with physical injury. So it's going like you see things like happen with Ben Simmons. And we talked about that over on Lockdown Bulls, me and Pat. You were going to see very big changes when it comes to mental health and how it's affected in that new CBA when it's written, because you know, as a culture, we're moving forward with taking mental health and, and, and understanding the importance of mental health. And so you're, you're and you know, Ben uh, Simmons getting his money for the most part, you're going to start seeing things like that happen more and to see like a mental illness type thing on the injury report and just listed with the physical injuries could be game changing in a lot of ways for 
you know, a league that for so long, like mental health was not taken seriously in sports, right? And in general, in the world, like I, I have a whole platform that I originally started podcasting with talking about black health. Uh, I'm sorry, talking about mental health in the black community. And so like taking that more importantly, people prioritizing their mental health. You see player, like, players like Kyrie, Ben Simmons, things like that. So as that moves forward and as the NBA wants to be ahead of the curve with things like that and working that into it, don't be surprised if you see more leagues working in mental health more and making it more like a regular injury um, where players still get paid, things like that. So, but that is it for today. Not a ton of news out there. We are gearing up to get closer and closer to the opening of training camp, which I can't wait for. I know you guys can't wait for it either. It's going to be an exciting time. Once we get preseason games rolling, things like that, we're going to have post-game shows again. It's been so long since we've done a post-game show. Can't wait to get back on track with things like that. But thank you for being the best part of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod.gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.